What's up, race fans, and welcome to another episode of the Pacino Report. Oh my god, our minds have just been absolutely blown. It's been an incredible weekend of racing. The second time in Austria in two weeks, we've had amazing racing. Oh, I keep saying the word amazing. I, I, I get told off for saying amazing too much. But 2021, I can't help it. Everything is amazing. It's ridiculous. Oh, so we're here in season 2021. It's episode 20. It's finally we've made it to the Fabio Quattararo episode. Or if you're in Australia like me and you watch your MotoGP on Fox Sports, it's the Fabio Carraro episode. Because unfortunately... <laughs> Our TV host that we have over here, the poor thing, she can't say Quattararo, so she says Carraro. So it's the, it's the Fabio Carraro episode. But whichever, he's the he's the world champion in waiting. He probably should have been world champion last year, but he psyched himself out. But let's see how he's going to go this year. Um, so look, as I say, last weekend was absolutely incredible. We're going to get right down to it and talk about the race this week. We understand there's been a lot of other things that have happened as well over the last couple of days. We've had Maverick Vinales was shown the red card by Yamaha for, oh, what was he doing? Was he just revving that engine? Was he trying to blow it up? We don't know. And then we had what happened with him going to Aprilia. And we've also had the Patronus SRT breakup as well. There's loads of things to talk about. We're going to focus on the MotoGP today. Uh, and then keep your eyes out on the uh, on the channel. We're going to have a couple of quick fire specials out over the next few days as well. So the man whose name's on the tin, Mr. Manuel Pacino himself, can give you guys, the listeners, the benefit of what's actually going on, which is the whole point of the Pacino report. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So before we get too far into it, a quick hello to my co-host, Andra. Andra, we, we say every fortnight, every week, we say, oh, we're going to go to Austria. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. I think you've seen four races there now, but it's actually eight races. What do you think of that one? And the red card wasn't on the track. <laughs> yes. Yeah, not this time. <laughs> I have something, actually, it's not more exciting, but for my personal individual self, I had a very, very exciting race day. Um, I posted stuff on social media, I think. Oh, for those right. that have only started listening and watching us not long ago, I was brought into this podcast, what, almost two seasons ago. Yep. We have we had the coronavirus lockdown. I had had never ever been to a real life track or saw bikes so yeah. on sunday i had the opportunity to go to tail and bend which is the most incredible complex here in near an hour away from adelaide to watch australian superbike rider daniel falzon do his testing so he took me through his suit they let me touch the bike they let me touch the tires they showed me around i peed a little i was that excited <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i went and like at the end of the day they were like oh not much is happening i'm like i don't care i'm just just going to come and have a look. So he was doing his testing with the other bikes. I took a million videos because I was just, yeah, I messaged Stu, I think, the other day, and I was like, Stu, when I hear the bikes, I just get this funny tingling through my body. <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> so that was um, such a fantastic experience, and, and the guys were fantastic showing me around. So that was good. And then we got home just in time to watch the races, and then bloody hell. I had um, mind blown. I had to take Monday off. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just like that. <laughs> I was like, I can't Anyone that anymore. Andrew works with is watching or listening. <laughs> no, she was really it. sick on Monday. I she, hope oh, my she boss doesn't. Terrible. I hope my boss doesn't listen. <laughs> I had a headache. A headache, of course you did, and you're still still on the recovery road now. Is yeah, that, look, is that exciting. And it's back to front day for those that aren't that are listening. I'm drinking lemonade, and Manuel's drinking a beer, so Ooh. it must be back to front day. 
He is indeed. And yeah, Manuel, <laughs> boss, how are you? You've just come back from Austria. I, I see that you're still into the Austrian beer. How was the, how was the trip? Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the trip was fantastic. I am drinking. Let me try to, to spell it. Otta Kringer. Hellas beer. Yeah. You're good Ota with sauerkraut. No, the, the, look, the Otta Kringer. <laughs> it's a good beer. No, the, Aust- the Austrians how to uh, know how to to do beers, right? The, mm-hmm. the beers are uh, pretty soft, and you can drink lots of them without getting too excited. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. And, and look, and, I, I and returned, yeah, the race. I, let, let me explain to you. I was two week, almost two weeks in Austria, and uh, there were nights where I was sleeping with the heat on. Wow! In summer. Wow. It's a well, microclimate. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. This old chestnut. <laughs> While in Spain, we have reached the highest temperature ever in history, ever since they measure it yep. with 46 point something. And we were sleeping with heat on the heat in Austria. This is fantastic. So I returned nice. uh, two days ago and I have to drink beer to get stabilized yeah, okay. inside <laughs> yeah, you know exactly to yes. get my temperature stabilized <laughs> I, I can tell you now manuel beer fixes everything so it's, okay. it'll be perfectly fine <laughs> well and 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 a studio introduction has been perfect because uh, look the grand prix has been like uh, shocking every 10 minutes something important happened yeah. and during the race we saw two races in one this time there mm-hmm. was no red flag but there were two races in one yeah. and uh, I tell you something that we will get there. I wrote on Sunday night a report for an Italian magazine. Mm-hmm. And I was so unconscious that I wrote, look, the headline was, Jorge Martin, comma, is, is he the new stoner of Ducati? And... <laughs> Stu, I can't leave my house. People are waiting outside to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised you even made it away from... Oh, my God. <laughs> but we will get there. We will get there and we will just throw in. I will give you my idea. And I hope you and, you and our listeners will indeed their, their ideas back okay but yes where, yeah, do, where do we start where do well we look, start? let's let's kick off look after after the, the race the week before obviously jorge martin had an incredible race he had an amazing week um we went into this race this last weekend and it was it, it, it was looking to be quite similar jorge martin was looking quite good the same sort of guys were up there um they all had a good qualifying let's talk about that first half of the race to start with i mean for me that the surprise package was obviously Marquez. I know not not to you. You said Marquez was going to be competitive, and I know that Andra had a, a quiet dollar on Mark as well. Um, but for, for me, just how competitive and how aggressive he was, without actually pinging anyone off, was was really really good. So yeah, those those sort of first ten laps between yeah. Pecco and Marquez and those guys was great. Look, it was fantastic because after the first race. A colleague of mine had a chat with Gigi Dalinha, you know, the mm-hmm. CEO of mm-hmm. Ducati's Reparto Corsa. And Gigi, like always, he was super pragmatic because my colleague asked him, Gigi, after the first race, which will be the strategy for the second mm-hmm. race? He said, very simple. The strategy is to put four Ducatis in front of Fabio Quartararo. Yes. So, more simple than that. Because, and then 
And again, I, I think I've said this here a hundred times. It's the way the engineer thinks. He says, which is the, the goal? So mm. very simple. The goal is to put four Ducatis in front of Quartararo. Then he tries to fix, he's trying to find out how to get to that goal. Yep. But the goal is simple. So when I saw Saturday night, the two uh, first uh, lines on the, on the grid, Mm-hmm. There was Banyaya. Uh, no, Banyaya. Yeah, there were in the Marquez. six in the in the six first positions. Therefore, four Ducatis. Four Ducatis. Yeah. And, and there was a Honda Quartararo. Yeah. Yeah, and Quartararo. <laughs> and somebody who got into the party without being invited. That was Bart mm-hmm. Martis. But up to that point, Gigi's uh, strategy was there. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, then the race starts, and at the end, what happens? Banyaya, uh, Martin, and then yep. the, the four suddenly were there in the front, between yep. all mixed up. Yep. And I said, "Wow, Gigi must be very happy." Plan <laughs> <Yeah>. executed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so- then, as as the race went on, things started to change. You know. Uh, yeah. The the first one who who got out of the scene was Jack Miller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what happened there? Cause that's, that's so last year. I remember Jack was the only guy who was podium for, for all of the races um, this year. Wasn't even close for, uh, for both weeks. What do you think? Is it down to Jack or is it down to his tire selection? What, how can it change so much in a year? Uh, look, uh, I have to say that Jack, for me, is the biggest dis- disappointed inside Ducati so far. Mm-hmm. He yep. started the season as number one. He started mm. as the guy who was the the one who had to break the the, the wall, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but Jack, I don't know. Look, uh, he was obviously so disappointed after the race because basically he has thrown away his chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Clearly. So Jack. Has you know, like when you how do you say balloon, you just mm-hmm. pop it, yeah, because yep. we were saying he after last balloon, week, yeah. I think, because he crashed last week, <clears throat> that yeah, I was, I was expecting a lot more for him for this second race, but yeah, does their head get in no, the no, way? He's, he's uh, look, uh, I don't, I don't know, but after signing his contract after the Le Mans race, remember mm-hmm. he won in Spain and France, and then immediately yep. in Italy, they announced his, re- his renewal. Since then, I think he has been on the podium once. Mm. It's need something look, to fight for or something to. No, uh, at the end, and it may sound uh, hard, I know, especially for you, Osis, but at the end, that's how that's Jack. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yep. It seems that he is not ready to carry the burden of being the leader. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Still hot and cold. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And Peko, on the other hand, like Peko, it's amazing that he still hasn't had a win yet. Yeah, Peko for me, he did the best race since he is in MotoGP. He was the yes. rider of the oh, day. He easy. was yeah. absolutely the rider of the day. Yep. Yeah. If you, if you, look, if you look at the lap chart, I think in the first 23 laps, he, co- he crossed the finish line. 22 times in first position. So yep. a lot of a lot of things happened in that race, but uh, Banyaya was in first, like by himself. Mm-hmm. You know? And in the back, they were bang, bang. But Peko yeah. seemed 
to have everything under control, it seems. He, Quattarari, he did, yeah. yeah, and Quattarari was quite erratic trying to fight. He kept going wide and he was trying to... Well, you think about how hard he's got to push that bike to get it to that same pace as the Ducati around that track. Mm. Everyone's always saying about how it's not a Yamaha track. Um, and, and yet he did such an amazing job to even stay with that group. Yeah, yeah. but look, yesterday I, I had a, a chat in an Italian TV and there was one who was really upset saying, no, because uh, Bagnaia, he didn't deserve because he all, only over, overtook, um, I think, Mark and Quartararo on the straight line. Right. So, and I asked him, is that a sin? Yeah. You know, was he meant to you're wait you're for a Ducati, corner? The fastest bike. Exactly. So why should he uh, uh, try to crash by overtaking the middle of the corner when he yeah. has just to wait? So it seems that having the bike that allows him to mm-hmm. overtake on the straight is like a sin. You know, it's absurd. Yeah. How dare you play to the strengths of the bike? Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't take you don't take any risks. You know, by yes. hard. By heartbreaking, yeah. you don't have to overtake and change direction. You just wait for the straight. So why yeah, doing exactly. it different? Yeah. Yeah. Why doing it different? Yeah. And in case of Quartararo, look, if you watch the races and he explained after the race, he is incredible. He's in a state where he really believes in himself. Okay. Yeah. And he realized that he was, uh, be he would suffer on the straights, all the mm. straights. So what did he do? He did an amazing corner speed. So his exit of the corner speed were yeah. hyper fast. What mm. did this mean? That he reduced the length of Ducati's uh, advantage. Uh, exactly. exactly. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there were uh, there were there were only able to get really close. And I noticed it with Marquez was near him a few times as well. They were only able to get close to him again when they were coming up to the corner coming up to turn three coming up to turn four because he had such a good exit on off turn one and turn three yeah he could maintain some of that distance out of those corners absolutely incredible really really good for him to find the advantage of the yamaha on a track like spielberg yeah and and here you see that the racing is not just about i jump on the bike and get out there and see what happens no you had very clear that he had to minimize the advantage of the Ducati in the straight yep. by reducing mm-hmm. the gap on the straight. You exactly. understand? Yeah. This, was, this is pure uh, racing strategy. It's amazing how they, they analyze and see and do. It's not, okay, no, let's go out and race. No, it's mm. not like this in MotoGP. You just go, exactly. go as fast as you can. There's more to it. No, it's definitely not. That's right. And we saw that with, with Pekka when, when we noticed after five or six laps that the lap times are almost a second slower than they'd predicted to be. Pekka was clearly managing the tyre, but also what that was allowing everybody behind him to do is they were, or it was allowing him to make sure everyone was fighting behind him as well. Mm-hmm. So they could, couldn't catch him up because they were too busy fighting. But now moving on to this guy and also Juan Mia, that also allowed those guys to come up and join the back of that pack, which then, Manuel, what we saw is something that we don't always see in MotoGP, and that was a pack of half a dozen bikes fighting for 10, 15 laps. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, look, uh, you know that, uh, you know me, and you know that I like to look at the figures, right? Yeah. And if you look at the figures of the race, it's amazing. It starts to rain a little bit by minus seven laps, mm-hmm. seven laps to the finish line. So when it starts to race, Peko, 
reduces his pace two seconds. Yep. And the, the ones that were behind that were Marquez and Quartararo the same. In this lab, uh, uh, Binder reduces the just in one. Mm. The second, the, the following lab, the other reduced the gap, the, the pace in five seconds. Binder in three. Yeah. So this allows this allows uh, Brad to arrive. And then, look, I I put on the table two theories for you, and I want you to 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 see. Yeah. These two laps made the confidence of Brad uh, get high because he saw I am on in this condition. I am much much faster than everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this may be what has taken him to continue on the track. This is one theory. The other theory that, that I put on the table, and you tell me which do you think is the right one. Remember that when the, the whole group arrives at the entrance of the pit lane, mm -hmm. Brett was the last one. Yes, yeah. And Mark suddenly entered, and all the rest entered. And maybe Brett was like... <gasps> he got late. caught out, yeah. <laughs> And then he went, sorry. And then he went, he went for it. Yeah. So I don't know which one you think is, is more appropriate, but the last one, <clears throat> if you look, you know it because they all suddenly shoo, get into the pit lane and Brad yeah. is the last one. I don't know. He was thinking in his girlfriend or whatever, and he yeah. didn't realize. I think so it I was a, a bit of both. Honestly, I think a bit of both. He was, he was obviously very happy that he'd caught up to the back of the pack. But yeah, I think he got caught out a little bit and went, oh, okay, I'm not going to go in. And then on that next lap, it was only on that next lap that he would have realized, well, I can't go in now because there was no, only that, like that, three that, laps no, no, to go was, or four laps to yes, go. He, and he look, was, look, and it's so interesting. Go to the lap times and you see minus three for three to go. He, do, he does 134, mm -hmm. okay? I think he has an advantage of 31 seconds. Yep. And then the, the next lap, he does, he loses only five seconds. He does 139. Yep. 20, so, and then the last lap, he does in 150. The, 150, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the absolute. He got off clue, and walked. <laughs> the absolute clue was the second last lap. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. There, he, because he entered into the, he crossed the finish line with plus 12 seconds. How mm -hmm. fast was he going when he crossed the finish line, do you think, Manuel? How fast? He yeah. Was, 10Ks an hour. Look, look, <laughs> no, that's the what funny I was trying. Thing, I couldn't I tell if it was if a cool. Heard, I, I don't know if you heard Brad after the race. He said, oh, it has been the, la the longest lap of my life. Right. Yes. But, yeah. But he said, but not only in timing, in meters, because he went, yeah, he went wide at turn one, and, and, and he went wide and, at turn three. Drive, he, he's like driving home from the pub late, and, and, and every corner, every corner, he went to the finish line and returned. So he yeah. did, he did more, more meters in that lap than yep, any other exactly. lap. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was, it, I was watching some of the corners, and the front and the back end were both sliding all over the place. I was going, sorry, <laughs> yeah, if, because because the tire get absolutely frozen yep. with that rain and the brakes the same so yeah. it was like he was gonna crash gonna he would have been hanging on with every little bit of his button legs and arms and everything exactly. um i was and, reflecting oh 
No, no, go on. Okay. I was just saying, my, like, what I was reflecting on with that was because I kind of sat there and went, was it luck? Was it luck that he didn't go in and change? Was it luck that Peko changed at the right time? You know, but then I was also thinking we talked in our last episode about Brad and how he went, you know what? I'm just going to ride instead of worrying about what everyone else is doing. So I actually sat there and went, all right, if he didn't have that mindset where he would have gone, shit, everyone's going in, I need to go in. That's what they're going to mm. want me to do. I'm wondering how much of that influenced the outcome where he just went, you know what? I'm going for it. Yeah, Could have, could have ended Differently. I think that uh, only Brad knows the reality, mm. but another thing important is yesterday, because look, the Italians, they criticize so much their own riders that I don't understand. Uh, because Deco, as soon as it started to rain, he blah, 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 blah. so Peco, when it started to rain, did what it has to be done. We all know that in these type of conditions, Mark is almost the yep. most clever guy. He knows. So if you are yeah, if you are, just let him do because he will do the right thing. Why inventing something when you know that the guy who knows how to do it is yep. behind you? So Peko said, when it start, the situation started to get complicated, I just let Mark uh, go in front. Mm -hmm. And that's you smart. See, Very. And all, all did the same than Mark. A yep. guy called Mir, a guy called Banyaya, a guy called Martin. You know, they knew. What Mark does is yep. the right thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was an incredible last <laughs> couple of races. And the, the, the thing that I found really, well, not funny, but you know, absolutely incredible as well, with less than, I think, half a lap to go, Rossi was third. Whoa. It was looking <laughs> like he was going to get his 200 you know, podium. Yeah. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> you, I was in the press room like with a... <gasps> With the uh -huh. mouth open, you know? Yeah. I watched the last couple and, of laps with my mouth wide open. Like I was yep. just... <laughs> Lequona. Lequona was there. Marie. Yes, yes. Lequona so well. And Le Lequona mm. was overtaken uh, in the last corner, I think, by by them yes. two. And, and yep. it's funny because when they crossed the finish line, only one rider knew in which position he was. That was Binder. Yeah. All the rest had no idea if they were... Mm. In fact, Martin said, I thought I had finished sixth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think Pecco was saying I thought he was, he was fourth. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just they had to look everywhere. at the board. Exactly. Um, Absolutely crazy. Amazing. Question, though, for a flag to flag race. Obviously, I saw the one in Le Mans, and that was very exciting. Was it rare for this race with everyone changing bikes at different times? Because normally, does it go, oh, it's raining, and they all go, yep, we've got to go in? This seemed like people didn't know what they were doing, or yeah, was that it, unique? It does tend to, but I've seen that more often than this sort of thing. It seems with this rain in Austria, because it was a bit of drizzle here, mm. a bit of drizzle there, people didn't know when to come in. Yeah, with the, with the flag to flag previously, it has been a case of it started raining, everybody goes in. Yeah. Maybe there's one lap difference here or there, but it, it, it does tend to be like that more often. Because I even yeah, thought at because... the, I was say, I even oh, thought oh. the start with Marquez because he had the soft rear. I was like, is this going to pay off for him? Maybe that was a smart oh, was decision. And then yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to, yeah, then they weren't, nothing was happening. I was like, yep, he's going to start to lose his tire. And mm. yeah, but look, uh, regarding when to enter, it's obvious that Quartararo would follow what, because Quartararo is the leader of the champion. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he knows that the one with the most experience is Marquez. So Quartararo would follow what Marquez would do. Mm. And Mir, he wouldn't risk. He would do exactly the same than 
Quartararo because he won't, you know, Mir wouldn't say, I'm not going to risk to lose, to crash or whatever. If he does, I do. So at the yeah. end, the one who entered enter the pits, Bañaya, Quartararo and Mir, they were basically con, con, conscious, no. Conscious. Yes. Yeah. Conscious, you know, of what they were doing. Uh, Martin was just in that group and went in. Yeah. And Marquez, and again, in Italy, they were saying, look, the normal Marquez would not enter, would not have entered in the pits. Mm -hmm. He would right. have tried to finish the race. But as we saw in the race, Marquez isn't still the normal Marquez. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going to put something to you here, Manuel. <clears throat> and, and we haven't spoken, we've spoken a little bit about him, but talking about Jean Mir, He's a true racer. We know he's a true racer. He's a competitor. Considering what Brad Bender did, okay, and considering how competitive Juan Mir normally is, do you think he made a mistake? Do you think he should have stayed out? Because you look where he is in the championship. If his goal is to win the world championship, okay, he's, what, 50 points or something behind Quattararo? He's not going to win the world championship by doing the same thing as Quattararo all the time. So the only way that he had a chance of scoring more points than Quattararo was to do the opposite thing. Do you think that was a mistake that he made? No, because look, we, we have seen Mir how he's a very um, analytic rider, let's say. Right. Look, he, he will, he's going to risk where he thinks that there is a chance. There were much more to lose than the win. In Austria. He's playing okay. the percentages. Yeah, and after the race, Mir, like always, he is, I like him because he says the thing, you know, he doesn't sell smoke. He, he says things that are the logic. He says, look, what we did is, is not enough. We have to start winning races. Mm -hmm. He said, yep. in, in my, he said, in my calculation, I need to win at least two or three races to the end of the season to have a chance to win the championship. He does. And then he, and then he says, the next three races will be crucial to see our real uh, possibilities. Yeah. The next three races. Do you, so, do you see sorry, that there sorry, is a possibility sorry, so, for him? Just to, to finish, yep. this means that in the next Grand Prix, Mir will go for everything. Because he has said that the next three races are crucial. Yeah. So he's saying, okay, in the next three races, it's everything or nothing. I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's going to be maybe maximum of seven races left. Um, so what have we got? We've got Silverstone, we've got Aragon, and we've got Mizano coming up. They're the next three races. Um, remind me, what's the, what's the Suzuki like around Silverstone, Aragon, and Mizano? Are they good tracks or not? In Misano, remember last year they did two races there and Mir did very well. Misano. Right. Yep. Very well. In Aragon, remember, yeah, I think Rins oh, won. Oh, he did very Yeah, he did. Rins yes. won with the Suzuki. Rins That's right. Won. Yep. And Silverstone, I don't remember. Ah, bueno, Rins was also in Silverstone beating Marquez. Beating Marquez. So these are circuits where they do, the Suzuki have shown high potential. Yeah. And what are your thoughts about the new squat device on the Suzuki? They've finally got the, the yeah. same 
level of technology as the rest of the field and it clearly helped as well you could you could see in austria um so do you think that improves the chances even more yes at least uh, the ducati the suzuki has got in the same level you know because yeah. until now they were racing with uh, less technology than the others now they are even so yeah but at the same time the Quartararo of this year is completely a different Quartararo from last year. So it will be a nice, a nice challenge, you know, a, a nice fight between them. It will. It will Are we going to see great. some other riders on the track that don't normally ride MotoGP, Manuel? Yeah. As yeah. in? We will see. As in Jake, Jake Dixon? <laughs> yeah, no, it seems that Jake is going to race in Silverstone. So they so, did. The, yeah. Was it him and did him and Darren? Oh no, Darren didn't. Well, no, test Darren. The R1. That's the thing. Darren was testing the R1. So, what are your thoughts Darren, on that, Manuel? Yeah, yeah why would he be the, testing the R1? The story with Darren is fantastic, and it shows you, and I, it, it will show you how the things work in MotoGP. Darren was the only rider who had signed a contract with Petronas for next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We will comment this in, in our special Pat, uh, Petronas episode, oh, but let's say here as well. As well. Uh, he had a contract. So when they announced that Moto2 and Moto3 Petronas will be closed for next year, Bob Moore, who is Darren Binder's manager, went to somebody in the team and said, here you have a contract. It doesn't say in which category that was going to be my question to race. that was going to be my question yep so if you only have a MotoGP team That's you better it. put him or we we meet each other at, at court mm -hmm. nice nice <laughs> so at the end Darren won't arrive in MotoGP because people think that he is ready or because of skills Mm -hmm. It's basically because somebody doesn't want to go to court and, yeah. lose, and lose a case. I'm still going to I'm going to go obligated. back about ten episodes to when I called this one, and you all thought I was silly, even if I had no idea what I was talking about. I still called it. <laughs> you did. That's right. Oh god, you did. So so that means next year we will probably have three sets of brothers racing: the Binders, the Aspargros, and the um, Marquez. Marquezes. And the Marini. No Rossi's. I know it's true. No, the yeah, no, is not the here no unless, he, yeah. unless he changes his mind, he's so got close. time, right? Imagine four. But yeah, yeah, how good is that? Yes. And let, let, let's go quickly returning to the race. Yes. Marquez was great. Marquez was for me, he did the best race since he returned mm. from his uh, yep. injury. Agreed. He uh, still you can see his riding that he still isn't fit because there was, I think, a change in direction in between five and six. The change mm -hmm. direction where you need to push a lot with the, yeah. with the shoulder. Yeah. There you see in the images that he's not the, still, he's not uh, the Marquez, you know? Yeah. And, but he's there. I like, I really was happy for him. And the crash after uh, putting, after getting out with the, with the Ray Tire was just an mm -hmm. anecdote. He tried to get there. He had not, nothing yep. to lose. Yeah. But he is he is strong, and I think that it's a good news to have him back. And 
I think you already uh, spoke about Stu, uh, Quartararo. Yeah. Once again, brilliant. In the drive, brilliant. Amazing, amazing ride. Again, for him to come away from Austria, as you say, Yamaha's worst track, for him to come away with the amount of points and the results he's had, absolutely incredible. You know, he's he's increased his lead realistically on his main rivals, apart from Peko. Right. Um, you know, and for him to do that in, in Austria... Absolutely he's, stunning. He's breaking those stereotypes every way, every race, isn't Completely. he? Like we sit there and go, nope, it's not a Yamaha track. And then there's Fabio. Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah. He's. Yep. And and then when he went out with the rain bike or the mm -hmm. rain tires, he was mature enough to say, okay, don't let, don't do shit now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thinking the championship. So he just was the other one, like Bagnaia, like Martin, they had to risk, yeah. you know, and they pushed uh, Marquez. Assumed the risk and crashed. Yep. crashed and Quartararo saw yeah. this. He saw this and said, okay, let's take the most possible, but no zero points. Yeah, exactly. And now he's 47 points ahead in the championship. Um, and I, I couldn't believe it when I looked at the table that Peko is second on equal points with Juan Mir. So Juan Mir is now equal second. You know, we, he's done, uh, yeah, as we he's see, here sneaking. he comes again. He yep. sneaks though, doesn't he? He's just here consistent. He comes again. He's not in the spotlight. He's just, yeah, makes his way. And, and Banyaya still hasn't won a race. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Neither of those guys have won a race this year at all. <laughs> absolutely nuts. So, yeah, it's been an absolutely incredible weekend of racing. Um, quickly, Moto2. Did you, did you watch the Moto2 race? Yes, of course. Did you really? The anthem was mine. I said to Adam again, I'm like, what's this national anthem again? Again. He's like, it's a Spanish one, Andrew. I was like, I know. Yeah, yeah. The Moto 2, I think that we here we have a conflict of interests. Yeah, probably. Actually, we do, don't we? For me, and I think you said it on the on the chat on the weekend, Andra, Ayagura for me was the, he was the standout. Like He's coming of age. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been talking about him. I've been talking him up for a while now, um, and looks like he's he's finally. Uh, well, I might have said it too too early. Touch what I hope not, but you know, he, he might be learning to to keep it upright and not just ninja everybody all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what an incredible ride! He's showing some fantastic promise. Can I make a Moto Three mention? Go on, Garcia. Hey, on, on before <gasps> switching to Moto Three. I was Almost trying to do it before you do. before you stop. Yeah, me we have to talk about Remy. Yeah, okay, we're going to yeah, talk sorry. about Remy. We indeed. do. Yeah, not not the best not the best day for him clearly, but he still got some points. So he and again, I think that was a mature ride from him, similar to what Quadraro did. He realised that he had a limitation and he couldn't go any faster, and so we just rode as fast. But as I don't he know because he I can't remember where he started from, but he was back in the field a little bit. I'm not sure what yeah. happened through. He started qualifying. around about seven, six or seventh, so, so he was. Mm. I think yeah, he was yeah, the yeah. back of the second row, sixth. Mm -hmm. I think he, he thanked uh, leaving Red Bull Ring because the two races there has been. Yeah, the worst in the championship. But as you say, Stu, it's good to have these moments, you know, to see how the rider, how mature is the rider when the things don't are 100%. And exactly. this is what he showed. Oh, he came out with Austria without crashing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, with the maximum points he could. Uh, yep. And the thing is now to see how he will digest this situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I mean, he's still 19 points in the lead. 
and we we will see if he's mature to for the champions because Raul is now the one who is oh yeah uh, you know is the boss of yep. the mm -hmm. of yep. the party you know the 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 cool guy of the party because yep. he is growing and he and Raul Raul I think is 20 or 21 or something like this mm. but he's so mature you know he said before of the race if I had not been thinking shit about my future in MotoGP last week I would have yeah. done better. Yeah. It was, I was too much into Ducati, Yamaha, KTM, and pa, 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 pa. I have mm. to focus in my stuff and look what happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so what, what did we have? We had Sam Lowe's finishing fourth as well. With So we had both of the uh, Mark VDS bikes, third and fourth, Augusto Fernandez and Sam Lowe's. Another good um, good ride from them, but Sam can't quite seem to have that last little bit, can he? I I don't know. I have to speak with Sam. I won't go to Silverstone because getting in the UK still is like oh almost yeah, almost like getting into Australia. You know. Well, it is now. Now it's all out of the EU. Yeah, you got it. Uh, somebody yeah. made a joke about that. I would. There's going to be some teams are going to get turned around because they're going to have the wrong paperwork. Sam Lowe's. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised about this. And look, tell me, let me tell you an anecdote. You know the big trucks with the where they cook. How do you say with the kitchens? Or the catering. Yep. Yep. The catering. They had to leave everything what they had into the truck in Europe: tomato sauce, spaghettis, salt. You can't they import had, all that stuff now. Yeah. They have to arrive completely empty if they want to arrive with one tomato sauce like this, they have to do an import uh, payment yep. and pay 21% of taxes. Yep, exactly. So so all these big trucks, they have to arrive empty, but no, wow. the one spoon of sugar, they can't, they mm. can't have <laughs> one spoon of sugar. That's, that's what the situation, we have gone back 200 years or 300 years yeah. in history. Yep. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really difficult indeed. Um, and yeah, and Jake finished 11th on the weekend as well. So he, I think he was up to seventh or eighth at one point. So he had a reasonable he ride. Well. Mm -hmm. He did. He rode very well indeed. Uh, look, if we have to mm. say reasonable, somebody who rides on seventh, yeah, it's that it's because we are really no. pushing for him. You know? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, that's, because, that's because because the description there would be pretty different. Yeah, yeah if he right. if he wasn't a friend. Yeah. Yes, that's it. That's all it is. That's that's right. Um, Andra, Moto three. I'm Moto three. Okay. Go on. Go uh, on. I just wanted to mention Garcia because I I feel yeah. like he's someone that's been overshadowed by Acosta a little bit. Yeah. But I'm noticing he's was it he's second in the championship I believe. Yep. Um, and also through all of their free practice qualifying, he's the only rider I've noticed that doesn't bunch up and do the stupid shit and stays on his own and just goes out and does the fastest lap he can. So I have a lot of respect for him doing that. And but I think he's yeah he's a big big standout that people are well they're starting to notice him, but he's just got a bit of a shadow over him. Yep. I heard something about him being in Moto Two next year as well. Yeah, I heard that, something about that. Right? He's yeah. Hmm, I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to switch. But uh, look, comparing Acosta and Garcia, Acosta is a rookie, and uh, Garcia is mm. has a lot has had a lot some yeah. seasons in Moto Three. Yes, he mm -hmm. has. Yeah. Garcia was one of the riders of Emilio Alzamora Estrella Galicia team. Oh right. Okay. Yep. So he is a guy who has a certain experience, but mm -hmm. 
it's clear, look, he has been very brave in the first race. Remember, he crashed in the last, and mm -hmm. he has fought in the same way in the second race. Mm -hmm. you know? Now, Pedro Acosta has knows clearly that he has a stone in the shoe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you say, it's pain, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, an, and it's German fine. Masia. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, Masia, Masia, Masia. <laughs> He's having a bit of a hard time, isn't he? He's I don't having think a that. shocker. He was the yeah. star when he, I even wrote him on that. I've got a piece of paper stuck on my fridge with who I think is going to win the champion. The two top riders, I think, for each grade. And yep. I put Masia on it. <laughs> You've cursed him. You've cursed <laughs> him. Oh, I'm, well. I'm more surprised that Manuel's watching Moto 3. No, yeah. because I, I like Garcia. Garcia, this fight between Acosta and Garcia are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to, is, as yeah. much as you want to see people blitz it and win easily and be amazing, you want them to have a bit of a challenge and fight for claro. it. Claro. Look, yes. and, uh, and uh, you know, 84,000 people were at the track. I saw that on Sunday. That was fantastic to see. That was so good. 84,000 people the whole weekend, almost wow. 150,000 people there. We're so jealous. We don't even have that down, many in Australia. I know, yeah. Down here in Australia, all in locked Adelaide. up and, and locked away. And oh my God. Here in Austria, the COVID situation is amazing. Nobody wears masks. Nobody. Zero. Yep. You only have to put a mask in when you go into a shop or in. And every time you get into a restaurant or anywhere, mm. you have to show your vaccine certificate. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. If not, you have With to get the out. two vaccines. And then. Immediately, they give you a paper. You put your name, your telephone number, and the time the hour when you were in that uh, shop. In contact that tracing. We've so, got yeah here in Australia, Manuel. We've got um, QR codes every single place you go. We have to scan in. You have an app everywhere has to do that. But this is to 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 give your name and um, telephone. Mm -hmm. But the vaccine, you don't have certificate so far, no. Uh, um, yeah. No, we're we're just about to. We're just, uh, ah. yeah. We're going to get mandatory digital. Uh, yeah, I can log on. Well. I can log on to my phone. It will show me that I've had my needles. There you go. Uh, very good. So had in Austria, the, the situation since the beginning they have controlled very well the situation. Mm, sounds like it's it. a country that is basically the life is normal, with the measures that the difference between the Latin countries and Central European. When there is a measures, the Central Europeans, they really stick on it. We Latins. Exactly. Do you know what? I, I, I did, Manuel, did you see the, I think I can't remember if I posted it to our group chat, the pictures of Rossi as he was explaining the race. Yes. And just yeah. he's like, you can see the emotion. Then he's just like laughing and yeah. oh, it's just beautiful. It was so good. What I'm going to miss about him, it's a personality. We, yeah. you know, oh. we, we need more of those personalities. Didn't I saw a post somewhere, I think it was Luca Marini said that, um, yeah, Valentino shit himself when he realized he was in third. <laughs> like, was just like, oh my God. <laughs> He was as shocked as us. Indeed, indeed. All right, look, uh, we, we, we're going to get going in a second. We're, and we're, going, we're going to go and record some of these specials. But before we do, um, so we're, we're midweek um, after Austria. We've got a week off this weekend, and then we're over to Silverstone. What's your tips for Silverstone, Manuel? Uh, <laughs> it, it depends on the rain, like always in England. Depends on the in rain. The oh. In the rainy, in the, and it seems that Silverstone is in the most rainy area 
in England. So, yep, that's all of England. Silver, uh, uh, Silverstone, <laughs> I don't know. It's the longest track of the of the year. Yep. And Edra, if you would go to Silverstone, it's amazing because it's a track where there are not hard brakes. It's like shoe sweeping, you know, like, like this. Maggots and Beckett's. Cops. Always full gas. Yeah. Who so won? Really... Who won in 2019? I think Good it question. was. Keep talking. Neil, let, no? let me find out. Because they didn't race Neil, there who, last year. It, it was no, Neil who beat no. uh, Marquez, wasn't it? Have a look. Test Manuel's. Could have been. Well, Mia. Mia is who I'm going for. I've got. I am. I'm on Mia this uh, this this next weekend. You're always I, on Suzuki. I know. I know. Oh, Alex oh, Rins. That was Alex Rins. Yeah, Alex, oh. no, excuse me. Yeah, I was. Yeah, we yeah. spoke about that. Sorry, that yes, was yes, Suzuki. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Suzuki. And so remember yeah. that super uh, victory on the finish line. Remember that, that race. That's with the one. Yes, yeah. of course. And it was yeah, um, one hundredth of a second was the was the difference over the line. Oh, so he was literally that, that, oh, that far that. in front of him. Watch that. Go and watch weekend. that race. That was brilliant. But yeah. Uh, by the way, Rich yeah. is another one who has disappeared. Eh? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Rinse and repeat. He's just gone again. He's staying on. Yeah. I think he's staying uh, on. Yeah, at least he hasn't crashed. Exactly. Indeed. Do you know what's funny from the, I don't know if anyone, for guys that are watching, these are my notes. I've seen them write notes. This was, wow. That was, <laughs> what the fuck? Rossi in third, three laps to go. <laughs> and then I'm just like, what? For those that are listening, I've got all my notes. And then in big capital letters, it says, what the fuck? And then, <laughs> and then I've got, and then I've got BB stands for big balls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Big brass balls. Oh indeed. my god! Brass ball, Brad. That's right. it. <laughs> There's so your good. episode name right there. Brilliant. <laughs> all, all right. right. All right. Wonderful. Absolutely okay. wonderful. Uh, yeah. You got any messages for the viewers and listeners before we go, Andra? I have one. I have a message. I found out that there's someone in my life that listens to the podcast that I didn't realize. So I want to give a shout out to a man that has done things to my body that no other man has done before, and that's my oh, chiropractor, stop. Michael. <laughs> 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 I was about to get scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So was I. I could see Stu going. Wait, what? I was like, uh, do I need to talk to Adam on the side here? What's, what's going <laughs> maybe, on? Maybe, maybe. Um, yep. Yeah. So Michael, he's he's a mad F one fan. So we when the other week when I mentioned that, he said I was listening and I heard you say that a guy told me to watch F one and he was like that was me. So I was very yeah very stoked that he listened. So hi Michael. Nice, good stuff. G'day, Michael. <laughs> Indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Keep, keep doing, Michael. Keep doing what nobody else does too. I <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Keep keep doing it to her. Indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for watching another episode of the Casino Report. Get in the socials, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Um, send us messages. Let us know when you when you like the episodes and when you don't like the episodes as well. <laughs> oh, they tell well, us. Indeed. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yep. That's good. Stand by for a couple of specials coming. And uh, in a few weeks' time, we'll see you in Silverstone. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Adios. Adios. Bye.